Hello, and welcome to the Dad Jeans Podcast. My name is Didon, and along with my co-hosts, Brian and Harris, each episode will try to unpack, examine, and discuss the DNA of healthy fathering. While all three of us are fathers, the road to fatherhood has been different for each of us. It's our hope that those differences and the perspectives they bring will only add to the conversation. Thanks for listening. In this episode, we welcome Rick, a.k.a. Big Man Walks, to the podcast. We talk about the loss of his father, what he refers to as the darkness, and the steps he's taking to lose weight in an effort to enhance his life. But before we do all that, let's check in. Fellas, what's good? Yeah. Yeah, man. What's, what's popping? What's going down? So for, for those of you who... <laughs> who listen to our podcast on Mondays, what, what you need to understand is we record this thing on Wednesdays. Hump day. And um, sometimes it's a bit of a struggle, but we're here for you. We're excited to be here. We got a guest that I'm looking forward to talking to. Yes. And uh, so this is the Dad Genes Podcast. <laughs> if you don't know who you just clicked on on your iPhone. Hey, hey listen, man. Not everybody comes the same way. Somebody. I thought in, this was Tyra Banks. Somebody sitting <laughs> in the passenger seat. <laughs> All right, so listen, I, I'm glad y'all got this energy. Let's keep it going. Yes, Eric, yes. What's good with you, brother? Let's check in. Oh, man, what's good with me? Um, yo, it's been a rough week. Um, sciatica. I don't know if any of our listeners uh, mess with sciatica. <laughs> it sounds like a prison. Attica. <laughs> listen, yo, my back. All right, so when I, was, when I turned 30 on my 30th birthday, I woke up with my left arm out of socket. And I was like, oh, this is life, okay? It's like, this is now what life is like. So three weeks ago when my back started hurting, I was just kind of like, oh, all right, all right. Well, thank you, Lord. Um, So three weeks, I finally went to the doctor. And I, I didn't know what did it, you know? Like I, I had mentioned several weeks ago that I was going to get my walk on. You know, I was inspired by the, this brother that's doing this walking thing. I don't know, y'all might hear about him. And... um. I was doing that. Then all of a sudden, you know, I did a five mile walk and now I got sciatica. So I was blaming, I was blaming the brother, but you know, it is what it is. And uh, now uh, I find out it's just some, some good old sciatica. Yeah. So for those of us who don't know what sciatica is and just think it sounds like something Andy Sipowitz had on uh, NYPD Blue, what, what is sciatica? So, uh, basically it, your your back hurt your back your butt your lower lower back uh, your neck pre- your back or a lot of pregnant women get it when uh they because they're holding a baby i mean i don't know bruh that's what i got it it's the worst okay all i know is i'm stretching and and stuff like that but um but that's not what y'all want to hear i mean it's about. a check-in bro yeah, it's, it's not what y'all want to hear what y'all want to hear about is me dealing with uh, that drain last round week. two round two? two. That's uh, yes, get it, people, what they want. Get get a, get a, a brief recap. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm about to tell you. This is how it went down. I called my plumber, um, and they came and fixed it. <laughs> 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 All so, right, but, the, but 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 I did buy the unit. To fix it, right? It's a it's a it's a rigid Coleman 
It's uh, the K50. Because I remember, like, last time he was here, six months ago, I took a picture of it. So I was ready. So I was like, all right, yo, let's do this. And and then I walked down there, and, like, I was wearing sweatpants. And, like, the bottom of my sweatpants got wet. And I was like, Ugh. So I called. I called. I was like, I need one more time. I need one more moment for him to come so I could just observe carefully. Because, you know, I can't be having, you know, in my house. So, and like my friend was like, yo, why didn't you rent a unit? Like, why did you just go out and buy a unit? I was like, do you know what's on them things? At least if it's in my house, it's my stuff and my kids' stuff and my mom's stuff. It's unpleasant, but how unpleasant would it be if you brought in some uh, a rented one and you like, I don't know that aroma. So wait a minute, just just a brief recap for those who this may be their first time listening to Dad Jeans. Last podcast, you had a flood down in your basement. You was rooting and tooting about how you were going to take care of it yourself. Rooting and tooting, no pun intended. Man, it was, yeah, it was well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you was ready. Me and B recommended that you call the plumber, but wrote a router. So. You went with your plan. I went with my plan, man. To purchase the what you needed in order to deal with the issue. The 50X Jake Coleman. The, the, the rigid K50. Okay. Yeah. And, and then you called the plumber as well. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, listen. Have, did you, I mean, did, did the, you at one point say, I have the rigid 50X? And he was just like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> He actually rolled up with the same because it was. The same no, he guy. did not. No, I he did not. I took a picture of it last time he was here, and he, you know, he he was almost like, "Hey, buddy," you know, like by this point, he, he on a first name basis. <laughs> he was like, yeah. "Look, I'll give you thirty dollars for that." He was just like, "Yeah, here, take it." <laughs> so, so basically, you're the same cat who goes to Costco, spends four hundred dollars on healthy food, and then hits the little pizza spot right outside of Costco. <laughs> <laughs> Pizzas be perfect though, listen, for real. Listen. I told, Look, I got the folding chair and I sat down with him the whole time. And I said, Look, I'm letting you know what time it is, bruh. I got one of them things. This is your last time. I was like, I, I'll give you a good old tip. Just 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 walk me through everything you do. Um, but here's the funny part though. Like, you know, I'm doing all this. So I'm all telling, you know, my mom, my wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they over there like, no. <laughs> Like, I just spent $800. What do you mean, no? Bro, no. we wasn't going to talk about the price. <laughs> yes. Look, yes. I'm putting all the toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> hey. I can't wait till the next episode. Hey, uh, yeah, they kicked me out the house for a day. The, the next episode is going to be like, does anybody want a, a, a rigid XJ50? Because <laughs> I need toilet paper. Because I need toilet paper. <laughs> I went ahead and blew my budget. Oh, man. That's what's going on with me, man. Okay. Well, listen, uh, maybe if we ever get premium episodes, we can find out what you did on that last day of 29 that made you wake up with your arm out of socket. But we'll, we'll hold that story for we'll another time. Yeah. B, That's how are you? Wow. Uh, so we getting a brand new roof. We're getting a brand new roof. Listen, uh, I tell you, uh, peer pressure is a mofo. Our neighborhood, man, roofs are going up like air day. Look down the street. They got a new roof. You get a roof. You get a roof. You get a roof. And so we uh, talked to the to the contractor. And I'll tell you, man, this contractor is on point. So we uh, decided to go ahead and, 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 and get the roof done. And I tell you, it's nothing like somebody telling you 
what you need to have done. And you just got to trust him. Because he could have went up there and been like, you got 30 more years in your roof. He came down. He's like, yeah, you need a new roof. And I couldn't be like, let me go see. Because I looked at that ladder. I was like, yeah, uh, mm-mm. I'm going up one ring and not. Mm-mm. And he yeah. was just going. He was like, you want to come see? I was like, man, heck no, I don't want to. I trust you. He had no rope. He had no gloves. And I believe that you should be able to do any job with some gloves. He, he this, this is a man's man. So he went up there, came down, and was like, you need a new roof. You have any questions? I was like, uh, nope. So that's that's about to happen in a couple, a couple of days. And then I voted. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want to put it out there that uh, I did the melon ballot. So uh, I just want folks to hear that, you know, those folks do exist. But we support and champion and praise um, those that want to, to, to actually – Get out there and, and, and be in the lines and do it. Just be safe, um, be healthy, but be encouraged. And so that was huge. And I tell you, man, it was surreal because as I'm putting the ballot in a box, there was just a Trump sign that was on the side, right? And again, this is no deterrent to anyone on what political spectrum that you're on. But then you began a little bit, but then you began to think about like, you know, what's at stake? And the next two weeks are going to tell a lot. And so uh, trying to stay encouraged, um, but recognizing that even in the midst of all of this hope and prayer from someone that has suffered from anxiety, uh, doubt is real. So, you know, just kind of managing that. And then the last thing, you know, listen, be vulnerable with my listeners. I miss my mama. I miss my mama. Listen, I just woke up the other day and I was like, I really want a mama hug. And it's and it's nothing to my mother-in-law, it's nothing to all the, the great women that are in my life. But I'm like, man, I just can't go back to Wisconsin because the coronavirus surge is for real. Um, and you know, vulnerable population with Pfizer being pregnant. I can't put myself or anybody in that particular predicament. But I was talking to my mom the other day, she sent some gifts for Nas. And listen, I was like, Ma, listen, I want, I want, I want you to get Nas a guitar. So she was like, cool. So he has a little electric guitar coming, nice. a little black one. It's pretty dope. And I was like, I want you to get him a glider bike. And she was like, a what? I was like, a glider. She was just like, you said bike. What's you want a bike and a glider? I said no. So a glider is they sit on the seat and then they act like they running, but they really like riding a bike with no pedals. And she said, did you hear yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you go pay for a bike with no pedals. Okay. And so I had to pull myself back and say, I live in privilege. Because when we was kids, if you was 10 and you got a 21 speed bike, that was your bike. You just figured it out. You, you couldn't touch the ground. You just figured it out. But now we get bikes to match our kids' ages. And I'm just like, I'm so soft. He gonna get a glider bike, then he gonna get a regular bike. But yeah, the glider bike is coming in it's dope, spread with uh, with leather handles. <laughs> All right, listen. Hey man, I'm swagged out. I mean, you, again, I'm talking to the 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 lone dad on the Dad Jeans podcast, who's two and a half year old, has a Maserati. So that's true. that's 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 just how I'm doing. So uh, God is good. Stay it's encouraged. Real one percent, man. I mean, I'm, we got people had to people gonna rob us. Hey. <laughs> Step up if you want to. Uh, I got some artillery, uh, but you know, 
You mentioned K50. K50X. You mentioned voting. And yes. uh, by the time this episode comes out, <clears throat> the election will be passed. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the one thing I want to share on that. You know, we get real hype about our civic responsibilities and you owe it to those who come who came before you and how dare you not vote. I agree 100%. But jury duty is exactly the same civic responsibility. It is actually connected to when you register to vote. It, it has very important consequences. Um, it is somewhere we are underrepresented. And I just find it interesting how we could agree when it's time to do, do that duty, it's responsibility, because those same folks whose shoulders we stand on also wanted to serve on, on juries because they want to make sure that when we were charged, you know, we were represented in the courthouse as well. Um, so I just want to tell folks, when you get that that notice for jury duty, that's not the time to practice your Kobe shot from uh, across the room into the trash. Just just think about it and remember that, you know, your civic duty is not done when you're done voting. So that's it. That's facts, man. I One time, just real quick, I, I was selected to be on a grand jury. And um, all I, all it took me was to see the differences between um, the repercussions for crack versus coke. And I was like, oh, we got to be here. You know, they ain't picked me, though. Meanwhile, they was just like, yeah, you're going to be here for two weeks and we're going to give you granola bars and $3 a day. I was like, you know what? Uh, I, I got a cough. <laughs> I can't make it. We're working on it. We <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I actually showed up. But anyways, D, how you doing, man? How you feeling, man? I'm good, man. I went down... I fell down a rabbit hole, and, and I say fell instead of went because I totally didn't intend to, um, and that's not a play on words. The So I love Lovecraft Country, and it just ended on Sunday. Not Don't gonna spoil get, it. Not going to spoil it for anybody, but one of the concepts that is prevalent throughout the show um, is the concept of intention and the importance of intention as it relates to magic. In order for magic to happen, there has to be intention. And in my personal life, it is, intention is not something that I give much credit to. Um, I think that people always, and I'm saying always, but these are my generalizations, people tend to want you to give credit to their intention when they have fallen short. And, you know, I didn't intend to forget your ex. I didn't intend to do this thing to step on your foot. I didn't intend to run you over with my shopping basket. Um, But the way I see it is, you know, if you run me over with your car, it doesn't matter if you was aiming for me or if you was playing with your radio or if you was in the backseat, you know, trying to buckle your kid in. I am hurt no less because your intentions were noble. Um, And so I just don't give a lot of credence to intention. But what I realized um, in listening to a podcast about Lovecraft Country, and if you watch Lovecraft Country or if you're considering it, please also find the podcast. No, find the podcast. As far as I'm concerned, there there are a couple really good ones. Um, My personal thought is that Lovecraft Country is so black that the podcast that you listen to should be black I as agree. well. I agree. Yeah. But yes. um, the, the conversation on intention, it led me to, to realize that the reason why I don't 
give honor to the concept of intention, is it an effort not to be disappointed? Right. And if you think about the kid who grew up without a father, the kid who who grew up um, not not able to get all the things that I wanted to get, I think I've created this concept of 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 ignoring intention as a way to to protect myself from disappointment. Mm-hmm. But but you can't, right? The the reality is you still get disappointed, but what you do is you wall yourself off from hope. Yes. You know, like I'm w- I'm in a new relationship. I hope things work out. Or you know, this person's supposed to be here. I hope they show up, and I hope these people deliver for me. And so, while I can't say it turned on a light switch to me, it showed me something about myself that I that I did not see. And, and I'm I want to be really, really um, deliberate. I'm trying not to use the word intentional. I'm trying to be really deliberate in terms of how to proceed because I I genuinely don't know. Um, but it's something I'm giving a lot of thought to. So thank you for letting me go down that. I, I thought I got you through this like six months ago, man. Nah, bro. Listen, I, 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 that's what I told you. It's like, yeah, you hit me with your car. I don't care. <laughs> uh, like, I'm not forgiving you. We're not like the fact that you didn't mean for this to happen. That that has no consequence to me. You know, um, I don't have a problem. F- well, I do have a problem forgiving people. Well, I don't have a problem letting things go and giving you a reset, but that reset is based on, okay, you ran me over before. I'm going to continue to walk in the street. Like, I'm not going to stay on the sidewalk for the rest of my life. But I fully expect that this will happen again and you won't see it. But so I'm trying to get out of that that loop. Um, and it, whether I'm successful or not, I at least see the path that I've missed. And so this will be my effort to try to stay on it. Um, so that's that. Um, we're going to have to have a premium episode where we break down Lovecraft, man. Yeah, listen, I'm all for it. I'm all yeah, for it. I am too. I Because I'm not a sci-fi person. And I told this to Harris some time back and Harris came with his thank guy. So but I but I got into it. I got into it. It's but great, there, have, there have been some episodes where I've been like, man, I'm done. Let's I'm good. Yeah, man. I think I definitely think we should rap about it. All right, let's get it. But so as we as we transition, right? And it, it it's I swear I didn't make this connection before. Our guest today is is the epitome of, of intention. You know, this is a person who decided that he wanted to put the brakes on how things were going, and he carved a path for himself that um, he's going to tell you all about, Um, but I want to tell you a little bit about him before we start. Um, I don't talk a whole bunch about my experience at Howard Law. Uh, It was great. I'm a lawyer. That's cool. Um, But one of the big differences that most people don't know is that Howard's law school is very small, you know, where the university has thousands of people. A law school class is only 100, 150 people. And so it's a very, very tight um, community. And so I remember my first days at the at the hustle, as we call it. Um, I was in the library and, and there was this dude in my mind's eye, you're gonna have to forgive me. There was this giant behind the counter and um, dude looked intimidating. And, and he was like, hey man, uh, you knew? And I was like, oh, here we go. You gonna tell me I don't belong in the library? And he's like, you know, um, you know, this is, you know, welcome to the hustle. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging, but if there's anything that you need, if there's anything that I could do for you, you know, my name is Rick. And it kind of threw me because, you know, they tell you that law school is going to be this cutthroat environment where everybody's trying to do, you know, anything they could do to get it, to get it ahead. 
And one of my first experiences was this cat who didn't know me from Adam, who just reached out and was like, look, before I even ask you your name, I'm going to tell you who I am and 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 extend my hand to you. And I never forgot that. I don't even know if he remembers that. So um, Rick McCray, welcome to the Dad Genes Podcast. Thank you uh, for, for extending that hand to me back then and consistently keeping it out for me. And, um, you know, uh, welcome. Welcome. Hey. hey. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate that. I, I don't remember that specific conversation, but uh, <laughs> does it but, sound like something you would say? Uh, you know what? I, he said I did, so definitely. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't own that. Don't don't do that. Don't own that. <laughs> I worked uh, my second and third year of law school. I worked uh, in the library, and uh, I when I was in university, when I was in uh, college, I worked in the library there. I worked in the library of law school. I ended up working. When I graduated law school in the library in Howard County, too, for uh, for six years. So I love libraries. So for me, it was like an amazing job. You can't actually at Howard, I don't know if they've changed it, but you couldn't work there your first year. Because your first year, they were like, oh, you need to be studying. So yeah, you can't do anything your so first yeah, you year. Can't, oh, you can't do that. So, um, so uh, I applied my second year, and I was able to work there. It was a great job. Um, yeah. And I remember, Didon, what I remember about you, man, is you were kind. And you were kind to everybody, man. Um, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I love everybody I went to school with, but there were some people who were, uh, let's just say, uh, buttholes. To, okay, to, fair. You know, to be honest. And I'm not going to name any names, of course. But um, but there were people who were not as friendly and not as kind and did treat it as something that was cutthroat. Sure. And you were never like that. I never saw that from you. You, you uh, know how I describe it, Rick, is... Howard is like a family, but you know you don't invite all your uncles in your house. So that's, that's absolutely the truth. And uh, but I loved it, man. And I really loved Howard because I got a wife out of Howard, so that was hey. uh, big for me. Uh, my wife and I, we met. Gosh, it had to be uh, the second month I was there. I think, if I'm not mistaken. And I and I, yeah. I'll, I'll say this, and I hope I'm not. You know, this is dad jeans, and this is years and years later. And you know, I'm I'm knocking on forty. You know. <laughs> on that door, but um, I thought I was going to go to Howard to be a player, man. Oh, okay. I went to college, and I had been in, in a relationship with a girl who I had known since, God, we were in, what, elementary school together? Oh, wow. um, And so we had dated throughout college. We broke up, like, my senior year, and I'm like, I'm going to Howard University, man. Come on, man. I'm going uh, to Howard University School of Law. You know, hello, ladies. Okay, so you um, walked on campus, brushed your eyebrows back, and you was ready to hit it. Huh? That's, and that's literally all I did, man, because I didn't have a new outfit or anything. So. <laughs> uh, so, but I go to the university and I meet this beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. I remember seeing her at uh, the pinning ceremony. You remember the pinning ceremony? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's wow. the official start of, uh, of the academic year. That is the first time I met my wife. And um, I just remember seeing her there. I don't even think we, we interacted. And then um, I'd see her in the library every now and then. And then maybe we, we started talking and then we ended up like going out on a date. We saw the last Matrix movie. She, I, I, uh, she had already seen it, but she agreed to go with me to go see it. So oh, we you both, knew you had to keep her from jump. <laughs> well, I mean, look, she, she had a car. I didn't have a car at the time. And so she, she drove us. And what was great is that we got lost. And so I was able to tell all these jokes and stuff, you know. So we go see the movie. We both agreed it was terrible. It was absolutely horrible. Okay. Um, the second Matrix movie is the best one. The third one was was terrible, uh, but it's still enjoyable to watch. But anyway, but it, that was it, man. So that whole player player thing that I thought I was going to do, I ended up literally walking on the campus and falling in love man, and meeting the person who I've been with since then. Wow. Uh, I love it. So you know we have three sons together, and she's from Queens. I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. 
um, just a little bit about myself. Like I said, I'm from Greensboro. I was not originally born there. I was born in Pennsylvania. But my parents moved around. I was in Virginia. Um, then we were in Maryland. And then my parents got divorced when I was about 10 years old. Okay. I have a younger sister who's about two years younger than me. And my mother moved my sister and I to North Carolina. And so I grew up in Greensboro. And uh, I ended up, you know, one day watching basketball. And I'll never forget this, seeing a game with Grant Hill. When he was Grant Hill with the high top, you know, playing, you know, probably his freshman year. Might have been, been freshman or sophomore year. I don't remember. And just remember him balling out. Just, just being literally, everybody can tell, the best player that walked on the court. Mm. And then I remember they did an interview afterwards, and this brother's talking, and it's like, you know, and I'm going to use the word. I'm black, so I can say this. He was articulate, right? So he was very articulate, very clear in what he was saying, and, like, very precise in the answers he was giving. And, you know, it, and smiling, and then just walked off. And I'm like, man, where does that brother go to school? Wherever he goes to school, I want to go to school there. And he went to do. And um, when I was in school, I went to school with a lot of kids who were rednecks, you know, and I don't mean that offensively. If you're a redneck out there and you're a redneck listener to the Dad Jeans podcast, you know, uh, they love you too. But um, but I went to school with a lot of people you would call redneck. And they consistently loved the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. That was their school. And everybody was like, Carolina this and Carolina that. And the only person I saw that I liked went to Duke. This private school, which I learned was like, they call it the school in New York and New Jersey. Um, and I found out why when I went there. But, um, but I just had a dream about going there. And so that was my goal because my mother was raising my sister and I pretty much by herself. I knew my father, he came by, he would come by. My parents ended up remarrying each other as, as uh, I got older when I was 18. Oh, wow. Which is a whole other story we can get into. But, um, but that was my dream, to go to Duke. And I ended up getting a scholarship. I went to Duke and I graduated from Duke and I wanted to go to law school and I wanted to go to black law school. And my parents uh, met at Howard University School of Law. And what's nice. weird is they both were Howard Law grads. They got married their third year. And I was a Howard Law grad, my wife is, and we got married our third year. And so I said to my wife all the time, one of our boys has to go to Howard, they have to. And she says, no. <laughs> and I said, no, they get, it's like a rule. Do you realize that we would be like third generation legacies? They got to go, you know? And if they didn't get in, I'd be offended. I'd no be pressure. Like certainly offended, you know? But, um, but that's just a little bit about myself. But. Yeah, man. Well, we look forward to getting to know getting to know more about you. But um, before we jump into our questions, we're going to do something that we call the question of the week. All right. So it's that time of the podcast, fellas. It's the question of the week. And so put together the creative juices to throw this out there. So again, listeners, they don't have an opportunity to know what this question is. So I try to hit them uh, with a little, a little off guard as possible. So here we go. If you guys could be on any reality TV show, which reality TV show would it be and why? Do I, do I have to answer first? No. Nope. You got, you got an answer? You spoke. Yeah, go. <laughs> now, so whoever comes up with an answer. Should be, can it be a reality show from back in the day? Or like, does it have to be one that's currently on TV right now? Listen, man, this is your world. Rick, listen. Uh, the reality show. I wanted to be on the old Gladiators. 
Oh, I'm an 80 man. Remember Nitro? Yeah, I remember the, them cats. With yeah. the tennis ball cannon. Yeah. They, had the, they had the tight spandex. Even the women had all the tight spandex and the men, right? And they always wear those weird teal outfits of like weird gray. And like they were, they were obviously they were eating steroids for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? <laughs> True. But I remember, yo, that they played, my favorite thing was the joust. And so they yeah. had this stick. With the with what looked like the the foam on the end, the Q-tip, bam, 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 going at it. And I remember like you'd have one person every like five episodes who would just be whooping them, man. Like they they would murder everybody, but one guy would just fight through. And then they'd be able to shoot the little machine guns with the tennis ball, boop, 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 to knock down the obstacle. I mean, man, it would have been gladiators. I mean, absolutely. Now nah, you okay. giving us a lot of thought. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, D. Harris. I, I'm ready, Harris, but I'll let you go, bro. Yeah, yeah, I got mine. Um, road rules. I don't know if y'all remember Real World. First which one? Out. Yeah, which one? And uh, anyone that was somewhere warm. I, ain't, I don't do cold. So, but uh, <laughs> I think there was one where the cat name was was Tech or something like that. He was like a oh Cyrus. He he was he was like a low grade Cisco. <laughs> Like color, like his. You're saying his his platinum blonde was a little off. Yeah, it was a little. It was it was yellow. His name was Frisco. Y'all wrong. That brother. That brother could be listening to the podcast right now. Right now. If we lose them, we fine. Be like Doctor Claw. Like I'm take him out. But nah. Yeah, man. It's just you know they would go. I didn't like Real World because they would just. Um, you know what? That I don't know. I ain't like it because it was poor, and you know they give them a bunch of liquor. That was it. You ain't had no money, but you had a bunch of liquor. So everybody was always fighting. I was like, big people gonna be falling on me. I like my personal space. We ain't gonna do that. So uh, road rules came around. They were in the Winnebago. They were doing challenges. Yeah. You know that was that was pre wife and kids. So I'm like, all right, I'll jump out of a, a, a moving train. I'll, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I actually even went to a um, yeah, I, I went to like one of the tryouts. They would do real world and road rules together, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, they asked me like three questions, and I was just like, I, I like I spilt my guts right because I wanted to be on it, and then they were like, all right, we'll call you, and then I thought about it. I was like, I just gave you all my information. And you just kicked it. it that's it. You, and you know they, they ain't gonna call me. I was like, but you didn't ask for my number. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm straight. I'm, I'm good with the. Oh man, um, sorry, yeah, sorry, that's such a painful memory. Bro. I know, I know, I know. He's kind of crying a little bit. Um, Frisco. In, the, in the same vein, Harris, my my reality show would be The Amazing Race. Uh-huh. Like the idea of me and somebody I'm in a relationship with being able to see the world. Uh, and like do challenges. I, I love being outside. I love activities. I love physical challenges. Like I just think that's dope. I, however, I I can't imagine who I would do it with. Like I, I, I can't. There's no way you you like or trust that much, Bruh, I don't see any relationship making it through. Like you know, you got to jump into a, a lake or this is like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, come on, we trying to, I don't care. I'm going go on my own trip. Like, I see that breaking down. <laughs> and, and me, this is episode like, one. Right. Like, <laughs> we got to make it past the first episode. 
But uh, yeah, man. But if, if I get to go in my mind, I can I could also find my perfect partner. We would we would uh, we would rock out and uh, and win the amazing race. All right, B. It's on you. Your question. What's your answer? All right, man. Don't think I'm lame, but I would want to be on this old house with Bob Vila. I just want to learn how to fix stuff. I think I'm pretty pretty good. I think I'm pretty good. But I'm like, listen, we need a new lamp or uh, we need a ceiling fan. The man at Home Depot said, find your circuit breaker, turn it off, and then hook it up. I was like, what's the circuit breaker? Okay, found that. Found that. And I was just like, he said, look for the switch that has all on it. I was like, look, man, we ain't got that switch. Uh, and if I just go ahead and do it with some gloves on, he said, you will zap yourself silly. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, man, but I got plastic screwdrivers. He was like, bruh, I would never see you again. So I I would love to be on this old house with Bob Vila. And then the other one, I wanted to be on uh, pros versus Joe's. I always wanted to be on pros versus Joe. I just wanted to just, just, to see what it was like to just go up against somebody from from any league. So any when, they, league. when they put you in a boxing ring and then Mike Tyson climbs in the ring. Be like, hey, man, I got to find my circuit breaker. <laughs> 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 but no, it, you know what? That that makes sense. Um, you know, you got a baby on the way. Yeah. Your, your wife is in nesting mode. You are also in nesting mode. And so that that that's a very that's a very logical decision. The pros versus Joes, I'm not really sure, but uh, yeah, I, I could I could see the other one. I could see yeah, the other man. one. Listen, we got another box in the mail, and I was just looking at it like I'm tired of putting together stuff. Bruh. I am. If I see another Allen wrench, if you, don't, say, if you don't call Sears handyman and keep it moving, hey, <laughs> hey, funny, 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 quick story. So we pull up in the, in the driveway. And my father-in-law got us uh, a new grill. And I think I told the story last time. But this is the thing. Me and my neighbor, we rocked it out, put it together in less than an hour, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, less than an hour. So, it, it mean, it wasn't a big deal. He gave me a beer. I had my gloves on, put some doggone soul music. We got that thing done. Then I was just like, oh, it's too heavy to carry upstairs. So we will keep this in the garage for now. Bruh, there is no way that you should, that your second child should be born into this world while you still using Allen wrenches. If you don't get you a drill. But no, I got me a drill. I got me a drill. Okay. I got me a I'm like, dude, I'm good. I'm look, good. All he has to do is put Next together. time I see your hands, it shouldn't be that little thumbprint from trying to get the Allen wrench. listen, listen, I'm like, if y'all keep giving me these Allen, why do I have a screwdriver if y'all giving me Allen wrenches? Listen. I got a toolbox with nothing but Allen wrenches. Allen wrenches. <laughs> if somebody gives you anything from Melissa and Doug, just, just go ahead and call Sears handyman because that's that's an eight hour job. No, I'm good. Listen, you got to you got to IKEA. You, you, listen, you ain't paying for a peace of mind. That's all I got to say. But thank you for answering the question of the week, fellas. Thank you very much. That uh, American Gladiator one is that's solid. pretty dope. Solid. That's pretty dope. Sure. So moving to our topic of the day, um, one of the reasons. When we started Dad Jeans, uh, one of the things that Brian Harris and myself decided is that when we thought about having guests, we wanted to feature men. Although we ultimately um, also had women guests, but but we really wanted to feature men who were working in their communities, ideally um, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, um, 
who are bettering. And, and one of our, our phrases is themselves, their families, and their communities. You know, we don't, that's not something we always share, but that's, that's like our secret sauce. That's the thing that we want to make sure that we're always hitting. And um, Rick, you embody what it means to, to work on all, all three of those aspects. And, it, you know, you live in Columbia, Maryland. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this interview. Um, welcome again. Uh, before we jump all the way in, the first question that we ask all our guests is, what is your six-word memoir? Oh, man. Uh, six-word memoir. I got to count it out. Uh, I'd say that um, it's, uh, I am what I can. That would be it for me. I am what I can. So you just going to give us a whole word back? <laughs> I am what I can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I just yeah. leave it that because um, uh, what that means to me is that, you know, the, the things that I'm able to do, like that's what I'm able to become. Um, everything I've done in my life, like everything, actually doing it has helped me to overcome whatever fear or anxiety I've had about it, man. Um, I don't know. I like, I hear th there's other brothers who, uh, Kai Green said things like, you know, uh, thoughts become things, you know, and, and, um, the other brother, Richard Fane says the same thing, man. And I really like, feel like that's true in my own life. Like the things that I actually can accomplish and can do no matter how small, that's what I become and, and I embrace it. Um, so like with these steps that I'm taking with what I'm doing, man, like, you know, when I first started, I mean, you had mentioned this, uh, Harris, you had mentioned this. When I first started walking, like I have this thing on the side of my foot. I don't know what the hell it is, man, but it just hurts like hell, right? And I walk very strangely. Like my wife will always say, this, like, your foot's out like this when you're walking. I'm like, yeah, okay, you've seen that 500 times. You know that that's how my foot is, right? But, but as I walk more and more and more, I like in the same time, after 30 minutes go by, I don't even notice it. And I'm just walking normally. And it's not that I'm like beating my foot up or anything. My feet actually are better if I walk than if I don't walk, if that makes any sense. Like, and actually how they are, the care for them, but also like how they feel. And it's like, if I had stopped the first 10 minutes when I'm like, oh man, I'm sweating and I'm out of breath and like my foot hurts, then that's what I would be. I would be the guy who is just in foot pain, can't do it because it's too much. But when I just keep going, then I see that, oh, okay, it's always going to hurt at first. You know, it's always going to be tough at first, just like everything else. And then it'll get a little better. Um, so that's what I'd say. So you talk about walking. Why, why don't you tell us what your initiative is? Sure, man. I, um, it was about maybe three months ago, four months ago. Um, this pandemic had hit. We're all home. And I was just thinking about my life. Um, my father passed away in 2016. He was 61 years old, right? Mm -hmm. He died of a heart attack. He was by himself. And, you know, I'm still trying to deal with that. You know, I'm his oldest son. I'm his only son. Um, you know, there's my sister and me. And, you know, my mother's still here. So she's, she was grieving as a widow. And, you know, our relationship wasn't, it wasn't what, you know, I thought it should have been. Um, so I'm thinking about all these different things and it's four years later and I'm, you know, sitting here 375 pounds, you know, knocking on 400's door. And I thought about my father when he passed away, he was overweight. He had health issues. He had blood pressure issues. 
Um, but when he was my age, he was in much better shape than I am. I know that for a fact, because not, not just because I remember it, but because, you know, he would talk to me and tell me stories. And I'd be like, I don't believe it. He, when he was going to Howard Law, he was running around the campus. Like, he was running around D.C. Like, he, he was very, very slim. He was working out, and he had done that his whole life. And it was only as he got older, let me say if this sounds familiar, as he got older and had kids, that the weight started coming, right? Man, tell it. And it started coming in, and he got more sedentary. He had worked for a long time, you know, at his job for years and years and years and decades. Then he ended up retiring. And, like, even though he was still working, you know, part-time, um, the weight had just stayed there. And he hadn't really done anything to, to better his diet or his health. The reason I say that is because I felt like I was where he was when he passed now. And wow. that meant that I wouldn't get 61 years, man, because the, I, my time frame was just getting shorter and shorter. Just I'm just sitting there thinking about it. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to get all that time because I can't keep living like this. Right. And so I thought about, you know, my life. And I mentioned that I worked in libraries because it's something I really, really love doing. And I thought about the things that I really like doing as far as working out. I like lifting weights, but I haven't done that in years. But I really like walking. For some reason, I just, I've always liked walking. When I was young, I would walk like long distances just because I liked it. I really enjoyed it. And um, even though I played basketball when I was young and, you know, I run up and down the court, I did not like running. I <laughs> like really, I hated it, you know, but I, I like running on a court because you'd stop. But I didn't like the idea of, you know, <laughs> continually running, right? But walking, I always loved. So um, I just thought, well, man, what if I just, what if I just, Say I'm going to walk, okay? And what do they say? How much do you have to walk to lose weight? And then I kept seeing things that said, if you walk about 10,000 steps a day, that's the equivalent of about five miles. And if you do that for about a work week, Monday through Friday, then you should lose on average about a pound a week if you maintain the same level of eating and, and that type of thing. I thought, well... And so I'm calculating in my head, like, you know what, man, I could probably make that like two pounds, three pounds, you know? And then if I do it consistently, like, you know, 10 weeks go by, I'm like, like 30 pounds, you know? And then, you know, three months, I'm looking like a totally different guy, you know? And like, but it didn't work like that at all. But, but the point is that it got me thinking, man, okay, well, look, I can, I can walk. Like how many steps am I getting now? And then I figured out that on my little phone that I have in my pocket constantly, there's this little heart symbol. I have an iPhone. Right. And it 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 measures the distance you walk. It measures the steps that you take, and it also compares it to yesterday, last month, last year, all this kind of stuff. So I started um, using that, and I just started keeping track of my steps. And so that's really what started it for me. Just thinking about my father, thinking about me, and then you know I've got three sons, man. And like when you're a parent and you're in the middle of it. I see why we gain weight and why our health goes down because we worry about our children and we give so much to our children. And then you look up and you don't recognize the person that you see. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of where I've, where I've been for several years. Wow, man. You know, I, yeah, it's funny because the first thing I was thinking was maybe that's why my back hurt. Cause I stopped. <laughs> but I really can appreciate um, I, just everything you're saying just hits home. It was a, I don't know how many other of us are kind of in the exact same scenario. It's so much easier to be sedentary yeah. nowadays. Um, 
And yeah, you know, they like say they don't they don't build them like that anymore. And uh, you know, it's it's also, you know, you don't want to say you're letting yourself go, right? And 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 one thing that has been hard during the pandemic is, you know, for some of us, like actually getting out and keeping a a, a healthy routine, right? Because when you're in the house, it's easy to just see the pantry and go in and. Yeah. And get some snacks or you know what to to go ahead and, and drink more coffee or you know or to go in the refrigerator and get more food and you know that used to what used to be ten thousand steps are now a thousand steps right because you're just in the house all day and you know i am someone that loves weights and love high intensity training and and it's just been hard because i didn't know any other training other than that so now you put me in a house and it's just like so I, do I have to run to DC and back to lose weight? Like, how is walking helping me? Let me just go ahead and just stay in the house and just get some work done. So, you know, it's it's good to hear that, <clears throat> you know, a lot of us are kind of thinking and dealing with with some of the same things. Uh, this episode also prompted me to 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 go to my doctor, right? And it's not that I've been avoiding it, but it's like, you know what? I don't know what he's going to tell me. I ain't trying to listen. I don't want to hear it, but it was just like, look, you don't want to have to go when you have to go. Yeah. 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 Right. And it's like, um, you know, just do what you got to do. And I tell you, man, like you, you, you're speaking to me about your dad and I lost my dad too, uh, to lung cancer. And it's like, you know, the more I began to think about it, I'm like, I want to be here for 50, 60 more years if possible. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wish we all had trainers. I wish we all could just go ahead and have a chef. Um, but it's like, you know, I can, I can figure some of this stuff out on my own. So um, when you think, Rick, about <clears throat> what were some of the, the early pitfalls to you just getting activated what were some of those i mean the biggest thing man is like i give you an example and it's not really a joke you know it's like you say man you know what i'm gonna work out man i'm gonna work out tomorrow yo i'm gonna get up early and i'm gonna work out right and then for whatever reason you don't get up when you think you're gonna get up and then you're like well you know what i mean i didn't get up early and i plan on going to the gym so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go tomorrow I'm not going to go today because I can't go today because, you know, you you got you to gotta go into the morning, you know. So then you miss the next day, and it's like, you know what, I, I, the weekend. I don't know why I was trying to do it on a weekday. I do it on the weekend. And then you miss that, and I feel like that's it. You think that there has to be some special setup yeah. in order to work out. And, and the reality is it's, it's not. Uh, there's not a special setup at all. So, yeah. Like, I would love for us to get, like, a, a real trainer on here, right? Because, you know, to kind of help us, like, mentally break that barrier. Because, like, that's how I thought, too, right? Like, hey, I'll go in the morning, right? Go at 4, come home by 6, take a shower, be ready to go to work. Then you wake up at 3.30 and you look outside. It's still dark. Like, nah, bruh. <laughs> nah, bruh. But that's real. That's real. Yeah, that's real. That was that was the biggest thing for me is just being consistent. <laughs> and even if it's the morning, the evening, the afternoon, um, and not always having to go out to walk. I could walk inside. As long as I'm getting my steps, that's really all that matters. So, you, you, go ahead. All right. 
Um, one other point that you made when you were kind of telling us your story, um, you know, about your father. And you know, I know a big part of my story about even becoming a man was realizing like how much time I wasted um, thinking about who he should be when he was here. Yeah. And um, so I just wanted you to know that I, I, kn- I know that feeling and all of that, you know, a lot of what comes with that. Um, so what it led me to wonder is, you know, so there's this mental part where you're like, all right, I just got to do it. You know, I got to get out here. I got to do it. I'm doing it for my kids. Um, what would you say is your, can you say a little bit more about your emotional uh, motivators? Like what, you know, what keeps you going? I mean, because there's, there's the the father part, there's the for my children's part, but is there anything else that you're doing emotionally to keep you in the game? You know, man, I think the, I want to talk about the dark side and the positive side, right? Mm-hmm. The dark side is I wouldn't be, you know, knocking on 400's door if there wasn't something emotional going on, man. Right. Like nobody, I don't think anybody has anything like an addiction or a weight problem or any kind of problem if there's not something else that they either should be dealing with or like are trying to deal with, but then they're, you know, trying to make up for it in other ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that eating a lot of times for me has been something to do if I'm bored or scared or sad or excited or anything, man. Mm -hmm. And I feel like food is like the worst kind of drug because it's something where, you know, you use it. It's what our people, you know, at first on the plains of Africa, were trying to do to get to survive. Right when you talk about hunter-gatherers, right? Yeah. And then eventually, when you are no longer being hunted by wild animals and you don't have to scrounge for food, then you start building culture. And then food is something that's sort of a celebration of that culture. And then eventually, food is something that's just everywhere and you use it like you use any kind of drug because you you no longer, you're so far from that. And I feel like that's mentally where it's been with me is like I use it for everything. And so... The dark side for me is it's something where I don't count. I haven't counted my calories or thought about all the things that I eat. And I think that the walking is great. But the reality is if I just would eat half of what I normally eat, I'd lose weight, man. Listen, you all know? of us. You know? It's it's interesting. As you talk, Rick, you know, this this episode will, will air in November as we will all probably be preparing in some way, shape, or form for Thanksgiving, um, be it a traditional celebration or some alternative version. And, you know, I think to my family, and we literally do everything around food. Everything. And Thanksgiving is not just Thursday for my family. It is, oh, where are we going to order from on Wednesday because we don't want to cook? And what are we going to do on Friday? And so- and it, it just turns into this thing. And so I'm I'm curious, since you have identified, right? And it's fine if you haven't, because this is a journey that we're all on. Since you've identified that thing, which as you, um, to use your language, is your dark side, ha- have you started to formulate how you'll replace it? Mm. You know, how, how you'll replace the the things that 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 eating means to you. Um and listen, I'm not asking the question. I'm I'm asking, hoping that you can help me replace replace it as well, because I'm cool. this is a challenge that I have as well. So I'm like I'm like a uh, I'm the person who like is guessing at things, but sure. also doing them right. 
So like no and yes, like the no part is like I'm still eating, you know, when I shouldn't be eating. Like I know that for a fact. Right. The yes part is that like I've got introduced to Instagram, right? Okay. And like I I was like on Instagram, but like walking and actually seeing Columbia and like even walking to my basement and like taking pictures of my socks, right? Like that has been something where it's like it sparks my creative side and then connects me to community, right? And so it's almost like when I get to do that kind of stuff, it takes my mind off of wanting to eat. And it's something I can do where I'm, I'm like participating, I'm doing something healthy for myself in regards to the walking, but also connecting with community out there and sort of realizing that my struggle is not my own. So, I mean, that's, that's something that's been great for me. So before we move forward, I, I want to make sure that we're doing you a service. You don't happen to be walking. You are very specific about this thing and you have a name for it. There are goals, there are rules for it. I want to make sure that the audience has a clear understanding of, of what your undertaking is so that when you talk about Columbia, they can start to put the picture together. Okay, sure. Um, it's, it, I call this big man walks, right? I'm a big man. I walk. So, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Big man walks. And so uh, what I'm doing, I live here in Columbia, Maryland, and um, I really love it in this city. I'm in Howard County, Maryland. Uh, this is a really a good place to raise kids and a good educational system. I actually work right now for the school system. I work for the library system for years. So I really like it here. This is a good place to walk, too. Um, it's very beautiful. If you get to go outside right now, you know, the, the trees are changing colors. And there's a lot of beautiful areas that you can walk in. Now, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so I'm not, like, you know, walking in the crew of people or anything like that. I go out with my mask. Sometimes I'll have my little face shield on. And I'll just walk around the city, around the little neighborhoods that I'm in. Uh, my goal is to get 500 miles, but I'm actually going beyond that. So I want to do 10,000 steps per day. And initially, I said the goal was 500 miles, but the reality is, like, I want to keep doing that. So... I call it Big Man Walks. And so on Instagram, I'm Big Man Walks, which is, you know, obvious. And um, that's that's what I do everything under. So if you see my little meals that I, that I eat, I'll put pictures of that. And then I'll put pictures of the places I'm walking and I'll make little videos kind of about what I'm thinking about while I'm doing my walks. Nice. That's dope. And that's the creative side too, because, you know, a lot of us have had to be really creative during this pandemic with, you know, getting the workouts in. And, and, and one thing that I was doing consistently that I need to get back into is that I had these two 45, 40-pound 40 bags of salt in, in my garage because for some reason being from the Midwest and coming here, you would think that, you know, when people <laughs> said snow, that it was actually going to snow. So I've had these bags of salt for two years. But I started using those as weights and just using those as, you know, high-intensity workout tools. But, you know, I like the creative side, but I also like the fact that, you know, you throw out a large number, like 500 miles, and it's like there is no way in this world. But if you get to 497, right, like, it's just like, I can't believe it. Like, I'm really about to do it, you know? And so just that inspiration alone and knowing that, yeah, I'm putting this number out there because I want to get it. And my body's going to tell me that I can't get it. My mind is going to tell me that I can't get it. Driving past the five guys is going to tell me that I can't get it. But then once you get to that point where it's just like, I just got a hundred miles to go, right? I just got 50 miles to go. And, you know, regardless of if you get that Tay Diggs body that we all want, that Euro fit body, right? You know, just to be able to, to get in a pair of pants that's, you know, been kind of just chilling 
in the closet for some years. The old dad jeans. Yeah, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to you, but I'm also listening to myself because, you know, we got a two year, two and a half year old that's just loving to run. And then, you know, baby girl is going to be here. And it's like, you know, I want to be able to run around and chase him and jump on things and jump off of things. And, and, you know, and, and I'm going to be on the older side of, of being a dad, but that still doesn't mean that I can't be on the healthier side of, of being a dad. So what has been something that has like motivated you in the midst of just, you know, being tired or being exhausted? Man, that's you, you just said it. Like I have three sons. My oldest is 13. My second son is uh, 10 and my youngest next month is turning four. And all of them run, like all of them run. And I always make this jokes to my wife that I was a fat kid, you know? And I mean, I ate and I sat, right? <laughs> and then I got a little growth spurt around middle school and then high school, you know, all the weight went off and I just played ball all the time. So I'll never forget, I was, um, I played church basketball. Church basketball is, you want to play basketball? Okay, your son can play. Like that's church basketball. Like there's no, you know, <laughs> requirement to be able to hit a layup or a jump shot or anything, right? But so, no I, because of church basketball, I didn't have to lie to my daughter when she was like, you were on the team? Yes. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Man. I ain't get chose on the church basketball teams. Like you think they said that was too full of Satan. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I played church. I played church basketball maybe two or three years, man, when I was young. And um, uh, I'll never forget. I played one year. And then the next year I came back and our uh, coach had us like doing, we did some weird workout where we had to like run around the church or something weird like that. It was called and a fun run. <laughs> it, it was something like that. He might've, yeah. and I'll never forget uh, my coach, coach miles. And he was a guy, if you've ever seen these clips of like guys who are coaches who are like hardcore, like he's a church basketball coach. Right. But you know, if you were anywhere outside of church, this guy, <laughs> you don't mess with him, man. He was just jacked and he, we didn't question him at all. Anything he said, he'd be like, run faster, run harder, you know, and that was it. Right. And I'll never forget, we were doing our little runs, and he, he, we're all running together, you know, and he looks, looks at me and he says, now see, guys, that's what you got to do. He worked out. You see, he slimmed down the summer. And I'm like, man, I was eating, like, chicken noodle soup and cheese, you know, microwave with cheese during the summer. What are you talking about? But he just saw that I had the growth spurt and my body had changed. And so he thought that I had been working out, you know, but, but that's what happened with me. And then I ended up, you know, then I did start working out when I was in high school and then into college and then that all, you know, fell aside. But, but you said it, all of my sons are faster than me. And that pisses me off because I can't talk trash to them. Like I, I'll never forget, man. It was, um, it was a couple years ago. We were at our, our other house when we lived in Ellicott city and we had this long driveway that we shared. We were in a townhouse. We had a long driveway we shared with two other townhomes. And uh, my son's talking all this trash about, oh, you know, we're faster than you. Oh, daddy, you know, you're slow. All this kind of stuff. So, all right, you know what? We'll settle it right now. So I'm standing there in the middle. I've got one of my older sons on the left, my other son on the right, and the baby's like with my wife, right? And I'm like, let's go. So we start going, boom, 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 boom. And I, all I see is their backs. Like we're running, all I see is their backs. And then I felt something I never felt before which is my hamstring just tighten up, like, boom, it just clenches up. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I can't lie. So I'm like limping. I'm like, what is happening here? And this never happened to me before. And it's because I had a 17-year-old mind, mm. but my body was way older than 17. Because the 17 is like, yeah, man, I can run against anybody. This is fine. 
So I'm tired of that, man. And that's that's not just getting older. That's I let my body get in disrepair. You know, I've had I've had two hernia surgeries in my life. Um, and that came from just the weight, man. It came from the weight. And so it's not being able to run with them the way I want to run with them. The baby now wants to run all the time. You know, he runs around our house sometimes. He'll run around a circle that we have a shared circle. And he's just going to be somebody who I have to keep up with. He's, he's going to be four. So I've got a long time to do this before he gets out the house. And my second son loves playing ball. And so, uh, and I coached him in basketball for a couple of years. So it's really being able to keep up with them and not being like, oh, go on ahead. And I'm just sitting down because I can't handle it. Uh, that's, that's really the biggest motivator. So Rick, um, one of the things that that always hits me is um, when I cook something and uh, I share pictures with my family and they, they always diss it, right? Like, oh, don't make, don't make Ella eat those lentils. They look like, they look terrible. And, and, you know, my family gives me a hard time. Um, how has your family responded to this effort of yours? Pretty positively, man. Mostly positively. I think it's because I'm not cooking. You know, I'm not, <laughs> that's, that's probably what it is. But, um, my wife, of course, I mean, you know my wife. She, yeah. She's very positive. And what you have to realize when you get married is that the person that you're with needs to be indebted to your success. Mm. Meaning say that, that... Say that again, that please. They have to people be, in the back. They have to be indebted to your success, and you have to be indebted to their success. Mm-hmm. And like that, that like really, they want, they need to want to see you shine and push you towards it. And you need to want to see them shine and push them towards it. And so it's not just an aesthetic thing. She's not just wanting a husband who's like, you know, cut up and diesel just to have that or even healthy. She wants me to survive, man. Yeah. Like, like that, as African-Americans at this age, we're hearing about people like us dying at this age. And this is not a police officer shooting a bullet. And this is not some white people like in Lovecraft coming and burning down a town. This is salt and this is sugar, man. Right. You know? And it's like it, salt and sugar is more dangerous for us than all that other stuff. Because of just how, I don't know, just how things are going. So I, I don't know, man. I just uh, I just feel like that's something that I want to really give her credit for and thank her for, like being my support in this. And she also, you know, you may not know this, but she, she works out like crazy. She loves riding her bike. So that's her big thing is cycling. And, and Don, I know you're a cyclist too. And so that's something that she just absolutely loves and awesome. she really appreciates. Okay. Um, do you have any questions for us, man? You know, we've been bombarding you <laughs> uh, with all these questions, but yeah, you got anything? You know? uh, yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah, I got questions for y'all, man. Y'all <laughs> oh, never mind, never mind. Wrap it up, wrap it up. I definitely got questions for y'all. Uh, go, go for it. Mom, this is one that I have. Because this is one I think about, okay? And I'm going to ask a couple weird questions. But just just the main one is, if you guys didn't have to worry about money at all, what would you be doing? What's the one thing that you would be doing for the rest of your life? Traveling. I mean, I I would love to take my daughter around the world. You know, And, and, and to be clear... I'm not talking about, you know, the French Riviera. I'm talking about Bristol, Oklahoma. You know, I would love to say this is where your great grandmother lived. You know, 17 kids were raised in that house, you know, or or 
in that spot next to that tree where their house used to be, you know, just to show her the world and, and to let her, you know, experience it on her own terms, as opposed to what's in a book or what somebody sees fit to show her. I would love for her to just be able to take it in on her own. I would want to, um, I used to have a dream of being like a missionary, a traveling missionary. Mm-hmm. Where my, uh, you know, me and the family, my 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 children would be taught through like the world, you know. Um, my mother's from Panama, my father's from Ghana. You know, let's go to those places. Let's let's do, uh, you know, meet your family, uh, but let's help people and let's just be world citizens. Mm. Um, that that's always been a dream of mine. Like when I was a kid, they said, you know, like you know, if you had one wish, what what could it be? And I would say that I could speak and understand all languages mm. just so I could just connect with people across the world and and just give back, you know, give back to God uh, through helping take care of the planet, helping take care of people. Follow that, Brian. No, I would say the same thing. Travel is, is, is huge, man. Like, I would love to be able to explore parts of this world with my moms, mm. um, you know, who may not have, who hasn't seen a lot of this world, um, the same with my mom and my sister, but also with my my, my wife and, and her family. My wife is Indian, uh, and I've never been to India, um, so to be able to have an experience with my son, um, as as we are both taking in the culture, uh, would would be huge. And uh, to be with the people, right? I mean, there are aspects where I like the Times Square experience. But there's also the piece of, like, I've, I've always had this vision of how great would it be to have a traveling show where it's not just about, it's not really cuisine, it's about music and libations, where the individual goes to the culture and they drink the, the homebrew of that culture, but they break bread over music. And, um, you know, whether it's a coffee in Cuba whether it's you know something in some other parts of the world that I don't know, like I would I would love to be able to to explore and do that with with my family. So nice, that's a great idea. Sounds awesome, man. That sounds awesome. Um, okay, the only other question that I ask y'all brothers is like, what is your vision? Wait, wait, wait. Right you gotta tell us yours too, man. Oh, yeah, wow. you don't, you can't get away that easy, yeah. man. I, I was about to let you. <laughs> if I, if I, He's a guest. You know what? If I didn't have to worry about money, what's the thing that I would do? Um, I think I would help people to to um, get free. Mm. And like, what I mean by that is like, how come I don't have to worry about money? Like, whatever it is that I did to figure out how not to worry about money, I want to help as many people as I can, even if it's just one other person. Figure that thing out, man. Gotcha. Um, so I think that's that's probably what I do. Nice. You were going to ask something else? Oh, yeah, yeah. My um, my other question was about y'all's vision for this. Because, like, I I literally look up and supposedly we're supposed to be done and I could talk to you guys for another three hours, man. So, <laughs> so it's something where I, I didn't know anything about it and it's awesome, you know, just in the mission you guys have. But, like, what, what do you guys want to see it be, man? Like, where, where do you want to see it go? You know what? I can say with honesty that I, I didn't have an end goal 
when, when we first started talking about this, um, the goal was to build something of, of really, really high quality. Um, and, you know, the quality is still inching up. I don't claim to be there. Um, and, and that the conversations would go where they needed to go, you know, that, that people would feel like, hey, man, if that cat can talk about, you know, his him watching too much pornography, then maybe that opens me up and I can talk about this thing as well. You know, if Harris can talk about dealing with his feelings and his sciatica, whatever that means, then, then maybe I could go to the doctor as well. You know, why am I up on the roof if Brian is willing to, uh, to you know, he's not going to go risk his livelihood just because of, of, of male ego. So, you know, I think that when we can have open and honest conversations, it invites other people to do the same. And, and you never know where that can go. But we, I know for me, I just wanted to commit to, to have those conversations. It's, it's funny that you say that because I, I think it's the same for me, but from a different angle. Um, it's funny because D is all about the quality. I'm just like, let's just record. Let's just get it out. <laughs> and he's like, no. I'm like, ah, I'll give you another hour of my life. But what I wanted was the brotherhood. I I the relationship, you know, the new relationships, like, you know, I consider you part of our tribe now. The um, you know, the new relationship with D and, and B, uh, for me, it's like, yo, this is the family that I've always wanted. Yeah. Um, brothers that I can trust, brothers that are as invested in my success. Just like you said about like the, you know, finding a partner that's as invested in your success as they are about theirs or someone that treats their dreams like your dreams, like it's their dreams. Yeah. Like I've always wanted a squad uh, like that. And I think one of the best ways to build a team like that is to have uh, something that we're all working on together. Ain't nothing like a, a project uh, that everyone believes in, for yeah. one, for us to all show our true selves, and then two, uh, for us to, you know, even make mistakes with each other, but but we stick with it because this is the thing that is our, um, that, that that is the gravity that pulls us all together. So it's the brotherhood, man. I, I, I want this to keep growing and I want it to uh, inspire others to do great things. And I, I mean connect with both of those sentiments as well. But this one is is, is recent um, because I don't have any living um, pieces from my father, right? Most of them are all memory or photographic. And I want this to be a diary for my son. I want him to be able to, you know, get to a point where podcasts are like eight tracks, but he can go back because he knew that his dad was on a podcast to just hear how I was thinking. Um, you know, one thing that I often said was that my father did the best he could with what he had. And I want my son to be able to listen and understand that I am flawed, but I presented as perfect. But I learned how to be flawed in my avenue to try to be perfect. And I just want him to also be able to listen and, and, and know that his dad was was multi-layered but funny at the same time. And the same thing with my daughter. Um, you know, as I am living this out and speaking this into the universe, um, I want her to know that, um, you know, that, you know, this is just who I am. Um, and I love her mother dearly and I'm going to love her 
uh, just as much, if not more. So that's that's why it is, that's, this is where I want to see this go for for them. Word. You know, Rick, that's a really powerful question, um, and I appreciate you asking it um, and giving us an opportunity to really kind of dig deep. Um, it's not a question that we've talked about in a group setting, um, uh, but but one that that I think is is really really instructive. Um, before we wrap, I want to ask you one thing, and I I apologize if it kind of puts you on the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in a concept called failure proofing. Right. And, and, and the idea behind it is to look at an endeavor and, and say, what is, what is the most likely way that this thing will fail so that I can identify that thing and move it out the way? Right. Like if, if the likelihood of me getting my school, my kid to school tomorrow is us running out of gas, then I need to get gas tonight yeah. so that I can failure proof that mission. So with, with winter coming, you know, um, with Thanksgiving and Christmas around the corner, those are those are big eating holidays. Those are emotional holidays that deal with family. You know, just just forecasting for the next couple months. Um, what are are some of the things that you want to make sure you don't let derail you? I for me, the biggest thing is being an island, man. Okay. Um, if I'm gonna be, since I'm being totally honest, y'all getting all this honesty out of me. Um, I don't have any friends, man. Like I don't have anybody who I kick it with, who I talk to normally. Like it's it's my wife and my kids, and like every now and then I might reach out to people, but really not consistently. And I think about my father; he was the total opposite. He had the guy who was his best friend for like 30 years. They actually met in college, so it was actually longer than that. And then he had other cats who we you know call and talk to. And we were just we were just different like that. And I and I not saying this because I'm you know fishing for a friend, but I'm saying this because somebody who I can be accountable with while I'm doing this. Right. Because it's just me. I have to decide to put something on Instagram. I have to decide to do my steps for the day. And you know, my wife, you know, can hold me accountable, but I don't have anybody else who's going through that I bounce things off of. So if I was gonna fail you proof it, it would be another brother who's similarly situated to me who's like, man, look, I need to lose some weight too, dog. I need to go ahead and get my 10,000 steps in per day. I'm with you. You know, even if we're on Instagram, you know, back and forth in it, right. like that would be, that would be big. And then um, doing less to have to have self-control, you know, because literally, I mean, you said it best, uh, Brian, you know, pandemic, I can go to the cabinet and eat my kids snacks. And then my wife would be like, oh, these kids really like these snacks. And I'm like, yeah, they really do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we should keep getting them. But, um, but, like not doing that, yeah. you know, and just like being like, look, man, I got my meals. I got my steps in. I got stuff to do. I have like other stuff I can do. You know, I don't need to live in the kitchen, you know? Yeah. So I think that those, those, honestly, those two things, having somebody who I can be in communication with, like I've done this today, you know, I'm doing this this week. Hey, what are you doing? Cause that's accountability. And then just foolproof in my day. So it's like, Oh, you need something from the kitchen? Okay, you go get it. Or I'm gonna just go in and get to this, and then you know I'm gonna live in the living room or the dining room. You know, mm. probably those two things. Well, listen, man, you didn't ask specifically, but you know you got three cats who will be checking on you. We yes. we, we will be walking in solidarity with you. You know, when and if this pandemic ever ends, when um, when we, we we will make the trip to Colombia to walk with you. That's all real. Um, and, and look forward to it. 
You know, we want to make sure that we're that we're respecting our, our individual families and keeping your family safe. Um, but we, but we are absolutely with you. Um, before we go, man, um, I want to give you an opportunity to to you have. We talked about one thing, but you and your wife are connected to some amazing initiatives. Um, and I just want to give you space to to plug them in any way, shape, or form that you see appropriate. Sure, man. Um, the biggest thing is this. I know this is coming out later, but um, this Saturday, uh, I believe it's going to be, what is it, October the 24th, um, the Howard County Library System is sponsoring something called Dear Mama. And my wife is one of the co-founders of it, along with our classmate. Um, the Dear Mama is about black maternal health. And so they have different black artists, and by artists, I mean visual artists, but also writers, um, different black professionals who are medical professionals coming together. And it's going to be like a conference, a day-long conference with different sections dealing with art and dealing with maternal health. So there'll be all kinds of black women-centered discussions going on about that. Um, a lot of people may not know this, but, but black women have a much higher mortality rate than uh, the average woman, than white women, average woman, than white women when it comes to getting pregnant, birth, and then after birth. My wife, you know, has a very interesting story that she's probably going to talk about with all three of our sons um, in regards to the, the, the struggles that she had with that. And so that's happening uh, this Saturday, October 24th. So uh, by the time this airs, that will have happened, but you can still look up information about it. Again, it's through the Howard County Library System and their Dear Mama. Uh, collection. And then um, with what I'm doing, I'm actually working, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, the 1619 Project. Yeah. Um, what I do with uh, this organization called Oakland Mills Online, which is sort of a, a community uh, virtual collective where they have people from the community in Howard County teach basically on different things. I'm leading a study group on the 1619 Project. Um, so we're having next week, not this week, our fourth uh, meeting and we're, I think we're going to have seven in total, so there'll be three after this. But I, we talk about different parts of the material. 1619 Project was a 100-page essay in the New York Times from different artists talking about black history, really. There's no other way to put it. Um, black history in this country and the economic and cultural impact of slavery on this country and then everything that came after. Um, so I'm, I'm the sort of the moderator of it, it's one of the most meaningful things that I've done because I get to, get to connect with my community. I also talk about the thing that I'm most interested in, which is black history. That's what I have my training in in college. Um, so that's something that I'm participating in. And I'm walking this big butt off, man. I mean, I'm doing this uh, this 10,000 steps. Uh, I'm on Instagram under Big Man Walks. And so I'm doing that constantly. And I'll still be doing that when this airs. So that's, that's the biggest thing that I'm doing that it is a personal journey that I'm working with. And we will put links to all of those things in the show notes. And even if the initiative is passed, these are the kind of things that you need to ask your library for. These are the kinds yeah. of things that reaching out to libraries and saying, hey, you know, I missed this program, but this is the kind of programming that I would love to see. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of feedback they need to hear. So thank you for sharing that. So we're going we're gonna to close out our conversation. And uh, before we wrap, I just want to give you brothers uh, an opportunity to share something that's giving you inspiration or something that you're looking forward to these days. I'll just quickly go and just Halloween. You know, we put together um, Nas's costume and, and we're really following, we're, we created a tradition um, and it's prominent um, people of color 
um, his first year, um, I think it was six months for his first Halloween, he went as uh, Daryl from DMC. Um, <laughs> so we got the glasses and the gold link. We had the Kango and the Adidas track suit. And last year he went as little Muhammad Ali. So we had the, the boxing gloves and the pants and or the shorts and all of that. I'm not revealing what he is this year, but it's very fitting um, with someone that we we currently lost. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm just looking forward to to that, and um, you know, trying to figure out a way to stay active when when the cold comes. So you know, I already talked to you, D, about finding a cycling bike. I'm about to go ahead and try to purchase a punching bag. Um, so yeah, man, that's what I'm looking forward to. So set. You know, I'm always on some kind of academic or self-help kick. So I just read The Alchemist. And, okay. And um, that's one of those books that people have been telling me to read for years, and I finally got around to Great it. Great book. Great book. And it was it was really good to my soul. And um, what I this year in particular, I've just really been noticing that there are just certain... Uh, threads, uh, philosophies across, um, you know, across religions, across belief systems. It's just, uh, you know, when you speak, the universe listens. So, um, yeah, what's, what's giving me that inspiration is just being very intentional about speaking life at all moments, all times, and into others. Um, you have to, you know, as corny as it is, you have to be the change you want to see. So, if you haven't read The Alchemist, check it out. And uh, let's see uh, what lesson in that book sticks with you the most. That'd be a good thing to know from the from the audience. Okay. Rick, what are you looking forward to, brother? Man, uh, this is you all said some really great ones. I think mine's a little less. Uh, it's more superficial. I watched the last episode of Lovecraft. Yes. My wife, my wife has not yet. And oh. so I wanted to I wanted to see it and then I want to talk about the whole thing. Yeah, because, uh, Lovecraft felt it felt very personal, and I think it's different than anything I've seen before. And I'll say it, this is very controversial, but because of all the white death that was in Lovecraft, sure, because we're used to yep. black death, mm-hmm. that's normal. I, I remember the worst movie I ever saw was called Black Hawk Down, and uh, mm-hmm. I was on a yeah, not telling any tales school tales out of school, but I was on a date. There was this girl in college who. You know, I thought it was very, very cute. She was very, very smart. And I asked her out, and she said yes. And I said, hey, you picked the movie. And she picked Black Hawk Down. Now, if I had thought, I would have thought, hey, she's picking this because I'm a guy, and she thinks this is going to be a guy's movie and an action movie, you know. And uh, But I go in, and it's like somebody strapped me down to be tortured because you don't know anything about the Africans. You see the Marines, all you see is da 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 and it's like yeah. they, they were treating them like aliens. But it's like it's like there's a whole rooftop scene where there's a helicopter and they're literally gunning down thousands of nameless Africans. They didn't explain yeah. why they were there, you know. And I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah. So needless to say, we leave the theater and I'm going off on this movie. I'm like, this is terrible. I can't believe this. That, and her face looks so dejected. Anyway, needless to say, we never went on another date. But, but my point is that that was normal. Like, I was upset, but at the time, that was normal to see Black Death. And Lovecraft does the opposite. And it's not to me, I don't, I don't like all the death, and I don't like all that. I have to turn away sometimes from the gruesomeness. I don't like all of that. 
But I think it was purposeful because it made the viewer think about what you're watching. Like you're seeing people die that you don't normally see. And oh, by the way, they're human beings. This is disgusting. Why is this happening? And, and it's, it's not, I don't see it as a celebration of death. I see it as a questioning of what reality is. Sure. So that's a much longer discussion. But anyway, I can't wait for her to see the final episode and then we can talk about it. That's what's up. When we, when we have our Lovecraft Country conversation, uh, we'll, we'll know to loop you in. I love it. So um, the Lakers just won uh, the championship. And I'm a Laker fan. Um, for the majority of his basketball career, I have not been a LeBron James fan. What? Yeah, I just haven't. Um, but, uh, you know, it's fine. I figured you got to fall on one side or the other. Um, but but what I can say is that I have always been a fan of LeBron James, the man. Yeah. Um, and particularly in his, his last um, five to ten years. Um, but this morning, I was on, you know, I did my wake up. And before you even really up, you start uh, scrolling on IG. And I came across... An ESPN um, IG clip, and it was a LeBron clip. I mean, this is that time of year. He just won a ring. Um, you know, he deserves to have plenty of, of highlights. But it was a conversation that he was having with his son. And, and it's 49 seconds. I'll put a clip in a link in the show notes. But the, the quick version is apparently his son's team just lost a basketball game. You know, and he pulls his son aside and he says, hey, man, you made three important plays. So one, you you got the offensive rebound. And for those who are not as familiar with basketball, if you get an offensive rebound, that's nothing but hustle. You know, um, it, it's not a play that's run for you. It's just I'm willing to work. Um, he said you made a pass that set your other your other um your, your other teammate up for a shot, and you made the right decision at the end of the game. And and so it spoke to me that he one he was able to to pull his son aside to give him three very specific things that he did that was proud that he was proud of and none of them were you scored this or you took that person you know and you did this thing it was it was you did the dirty work you know you did the unsung things and then he told his son you're always so hard on yourself. You you, you got to be, you know, you, you can't be so hard on yourself. And we, we talk a lot on this podcast about learning to be gentle with ourselves. And then he told him, okay, now go, go back and hang with your team. You know, and, and, and I think in that 49 seconds, man, he taught like 10, 15 lessons. I mean, it was a master class in fatherhood. I mean, and you know, the mic happened to pick it all up, which means that, you know, there was some level of understanding. Well, wherever LeBron James goes, he knows he's going to be on camera, but... I love the message, and, and and more importantly, I love the fact that ESPN saw this as, yes, this is absolutely a highlight, and, and, and I am inspired by the fact that the highlights that we're seeing on LeBron James are, are less on the basketball court and more in, in the field of life. You know, and 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 it it was a great way to start my day. Um, I should have stopped scrolling there, but um, <laughs> but I didn't. But um, this has been the Dad Genes podcast, man. It's been a great conversation with Rick, aka Big Man Walks. Please check him out on IG. Uh, we have links to all of the things that we talked about in the show notes. Um, please always give us your feedback. Uh, our email address is info at dadgenespodcast.com. You can reach us on IG or Facebook uh, at Dad Genes Podcast. We can reach us in both. And uh, 
please give us your feedback. We love reviews, particularly the ones that are five stars. Um, share us. Five let, stars. Let us know what you think. And um, stay safe, stay sane, and do good. We'll check you out sometime in November. Peace. Peace.